That's right. Marcia fires. He scores. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcia Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. And welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace out here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Millard, he's at City National Arena. And Chapman, back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports <laughs> Las Vegas Studios. I heard that. Yep. Uh, Finley Chevrolet, hold on, let's get the tag in. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Hey, Chapman, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Are you ready? Like, really ready? I'm really ready, yeah. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, how ready are you? 12. Home of the... <laughs> that wasn't ready. No. <laughs> that, that was, I'm still kind of under the weather ready, I guess. No, you just you just blew something there. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> all over the microphone that Bobby has to use. Well, not just time, not but. just that, but it's like uh, like revving a car and then the car. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, that was a screen hamstring of a voice. Let, let me try it again. No, I don't. Want You're like to. Michael Johnson when when Michael Johnson was uh, was racing Donovan Bailey. Oh gosh, big, big strain hamstring. Yeah, we won't oh, talk. A, we won't talk about that one. We'll talk about when Carl Lewis beat uh, Ben Johnson though. All right, hold on. Let's do it again. He, he didn't. Can I just point out? He yeah. didn't beat him. Well, he didn't. He didn't get caught doping. Exactly. Like my guy won the race. Well, he got caught cheating. He didn't really no, win. I just I, I, be be careful how you phrase that because your guy didn't win. Chapman worried about phrasing. No. Yeah, my guy. My guy didn't get caught doping in Seoul. No, he didn't. Your guy did. Hey, Chapman, are you ready? Yes. A couple of times, in fact. Really ready. Are you Are you super ready? I don't know. Home of the. Better pacing, much better entry into that one. I try, and uh, and a little bit better uh, finish. So we got some uh, some news coming out about the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Yeah, it uh, it appears that William Carlson is on the NHL's COVID-related absence list. So do you think this is kind of what happened with Mark Andre Fleury, and you just do a bunch of follow-up tests and you hope that it's a, a false positive? Oh, yeah, nobody, I mean, said, nobody said that he's out. But when you're placed on the COVID list, you think you're out. But Marc-Andre Fleury that day was out until they got the necessary number of, of tests done. And I, I, I honestly don't know uh, how many tests it takes to before, before you're, you're cleared off a, off a negative test. But I, yeah. I'll be, uh, I'm quite interested to see what well, the lineup will look like tonight. We, we thought game time decisions was revolving around Mark, uh, uh, or Robin Leonard, Mark andre Fleury, and uh, the likes of Chandler Stevenson and Alice Tuck, but this just took it to a whole new level. Well, I, I guess kind of the question for me is, is Carlson went on the list today, so I'm assuming that kind of the earliest he'd be able to come off the list if we're using the same Mark andre Fleury as a barometer uh, situation. I, I would assume that the earliest he'd be able to come off would be tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, I don't know about that. I don't think I don't, it's. It, I don't think there's a day time limit on it. I don't think it's an hour time limit on it. I think it's a requisite number of negative tests in the follow-up yeah. that that make it. Now, the big challenge, though, 
is you have to get the test, and I think there's, there's because there's two different types of tests, right? There's a rapid test and then there's a lab test. Uh, and I think you have to have, there's a combination of the two that have to get together and both clear the athlete before they can play. So that's an issue because not all cities have labs uh, to do that. And that's why sometimes it can spill over a day because you can't get those results to the lab and back in time for an athlete to be able to go. Uh, LA does have a lab and a, a, a few teams send their, their tests to, to LA. So that, that may help, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, but the being able to get those results back uh, is more important than, than an actual, you're not eligible for 14 hours or you're not eligible for one day. If that makes sense, does it? It makes sense to me. I mean, obviously, if, if, you, if you're looking at just how long it's going to take to administer those tests and get the results back, then certainly that's going to be the, the determining factor. As, as far as tonight's game, uh, you know, there's two and a half hours, really, to kind of get all that figured out and yeah. If that's that's a that's a tight tight window for the Golden Knights who are are going into this game without Alex Petrangelo and with question marks surrounding Alex Tuck and Chandler Stevenson, if you subtract William Carlson from that, that is a, a lot of game time decisions and a lot of spots in this lineup <laughs> that are going to need to be figured out. So I'm looking at my lines right now. Okay. And, and I don't know whether you prepare for a game the same way, but I write out my lines. And uh, right now, there's a Cody Glass mm-hmm. name in the middle of the first line, but beside it, there's a little slash with Chandler Stevenson and a question mark. And on the second line, it's blank in the middle because yep. I, yep. I've just done this in the last little bit mm-hmm. and left William Carlson's name out. And Alex Tuck I have on the third line, but he's also beside a slash because I don't know whether he's going to be able to, to go. And in goal, I just wrote them both down uh, based on, <laughs> on, on not having any real idea. And I can go both ways on, on the goaltenders. But this is, uh, this is a unique one, another unique one. And to give you an idea, uh, the best to my knowledge because this has just come out and I haven't had a chance to really talk to anybody about what's going on in Los Angeles with the Vegas Golden Knights. But based on the experience of Marc-Andre Fleury a week ago uh, in St. Louis is William Carlson would have had some kind of test result and or exposure result or anything, something to that effect. So he is placed on the COVID list pending uh, and, 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 and then put in his room sequestered in his room uh not allowed to leave now if if he's had exposure and they're they're worried about that well that could be a a longer process that could take you through the weekend uh depending on where that exposure was and because not you you can be placed on the covid list without testing positive so it's it's a it's also a safety uh point to protect the team and protect the player from uh, necessarily going to uh it they spread the virus. So if it's exposure, well, that means he's out for tonight. I don't know whether it is. If it's a positive test this morning, like Marc-Andre Fleury's was, mm-hmm. 
and you think that it's a false positive, well, then you do in quick succession some follow-up testing uh, to see whether or not that is confirmed as, as a positive test, or if it's negative, then you do another test and another test. Uh, I believe it's four uh, tests in, in all, uh, but gives you an idea. And while that's happening, William Carlson is in his hotel room, not allowed to leave, and just waiting and hoping, like Marc-Andre Fleury, probably with a little bit of angst, uh, that, that it's all in the going the way you want it to be and you hope to be, and maybe he could, he could play tonight. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily rule him out. Sure across the board for tonight but when you when you end up in the COVID list it's uh like i could not imagine the anxiety that comes with something like that because when when you end up on uh if it's a like positive test we, we saw nosa go through it you're you're yeah. three weeks mm -hmm. yeah. on that thing uh and trying to get yourself back and and dealing with uh the symptoms and 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 hopefully they're not bad so if we, we hope that it's a, a false positive or it, we hope that the exposure is not to the, to the level where it's going to keep him out for any great length of time. One, for the human being. And two, that line has been going. Yeah, they've been good. They've been fantastic. They've been generating chances. They've been really good defensively. Jonathan Marcia, so I think, is playing perhaps his, his best, most complete hockey of his career. And William Carlson's an engine, right? Like, he is a guy that, that really gets that line going and, and really plays on the right side of the puck. And, and they do so much positive within a game that, it, you, you know, you, you don't want to go into this one without them. Can we play what would you do? Can sure. we play a little game of what would you do? Yeah, let's go. All right. Let's, let's pretend it's worst-case scenario for tonight. Okay. And when I say worst-case scenario, Tuck is game-time decision. He can't go. Chandler Stevenson's game-time decision. He can't go. And based on the COVID list, uh, William Carlson can't go. Now, now, those are all three names that are up in the air right now. But worst-case scenario, what do, what do you do with your, with your lines? So for me... I keep Pacioretty, Glass, and Stone intact. Like, I wouldn't necessarily mess with that line. I think that the way that Mark Stone's playing and with Cody Glass scoring a power play goal, I think that there's confidence there. Max Pacioretty, so far this season, has feasted on the Kings four assists in two games. So, uh, for me, I don't touch that line. Now, when it comes to Marcheseau and Smith, I go with Nick Waugh. I put Nick Waugh in that slot to play with Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith. I, I like Nick Waugh's offensive instincts. I like the way that he plays defense. And I simply think that you could find something there with those three guys. Uh, I, you know, on your third line, it'd probably be Yurko, Nosek, and Kolasar. Yeah. Like, that's where I would go. And I, I'd say Will Carrier, Patrick Brown, and Ryan Reeves is your fourth line. Wow, I, I, I'm impressed. You and I on the exact same page, and I'll, I'll even take a picture of my lines and send them to you, to, to just. I'm not just saying that, to, to be the cool kid in class and jumping on board and and, and riding your coattails. You're a cool cat here. That's exactly <laughs> what I had down as the the, the four centers: nine, ten, ninety-two, and thirty-eight. Yeah. Uh, down the middle, 
And what would you do in goal tonight? So for me, like I look at this as um, kind of the best case scenario out of this weekend. I think you go with Marc-Andre Fleury tonight. And mm-hmm. the only reason that I, I say that is when you look at Robin Leonard and when he's come back to this team, as far as a practice goes, he just hasn't really had one. He's had some morning skates. He's had some opportunities to get the puck, but he just really hasn't had that full practice. Did he get him with Henderson? Yes, he did. But I still think that you you can maybe get a practice out tomorrow. And if you do, that gives Robin Leonard a couple of extra reps just in terms of feeling the puck. I go to Robin Leonard on Sunday, and I go to Marc-Andre Fleury tonight and Marc-Andre Fleury against St. Louis on Monday. Uh, I'm with you on that, but for a different reason. Sure. The way the schedule shapes up is it's L.A. tonight, mm-hmm. Sunday, St. Louis Monday, and then Colorado Thursday, Saturday next week. Yep. If you go in a true rotation with both goaltenders now back and uh, and either on the bench or starting, if you go with a true rotation and with the back-to-back mixed in on Sunday and Monday, uh, you start Marc-Andre Fleury tonight, Robin Leonard Sunday against L.A., and you go back to Flurry on Monday. And what that does, if you continue the rotation, is two of the three games against St. Louis and Colorado would feature Marc-Andre Flurry, who has carried the mail and is like in a groove. Uh, he's got 19-20. Like, he, he just beat the St. Louis Blues on back-to-back games. He's yep. faced Colorado uh, four times uh, in a row. He knows them. So, so in that three-game stretch against the top competition in the West Division, mm-hmm. you would get Marc-Andre Fleury via the rotation. That's why I would go with Marc-Andre Fleury tonight. But your point about practice is, is very well made. Uh, they are scheduled to practice the Golden Knights tomorrow at the uh, Toyota Center in El Segundo. Tomorrow will be their first practice for the Vegas Golden Knights on an, on an off day, on a day between games. Yep. A traditional practice for the first time in almost 10 days right tonight marks a stretch of six consecutive games without the golden knights having that quote unquote traditional practice on a day between games i asked around a couple of uh, different people mm-hmm. coaches and uh, one scout they don't remember that ever happening in a regular season in in, in the national hockey league just just does not happen that you play that many games without that traditional practice. And part of the reason why they've done that is uh, they came off the game against uh, the Minnesota Wild, had an off day going into St. Louis. Uh, they had a complete off day, no practice. They played St. Louis in back-to-back games, uh, traveled back to Vegas, a complete off day on that Sunday, and played San Jose, had another day off, uh, played San Jose, and yesterday was a day off as they they went to la it's it's surreal how little the team has been able to have that quote unquote traditional practice yeah over this last stretch and why do they do that because rest is at this point nothing can take over from from reps on the ice and going through your your routine of uh of working on special teams and the sort but rest right now the, the, with the schedule so compacted is as valuable as those workouts on the ice. Yeah, I, I mean, 100%. Like, in, you know, you look at the Golden Knights and their upcoming schedule, what they're 
what they're up against in the final 28 games of this season and how compacted it's going to be. I think what we saw from Vegas over the course of these last 10 days is probably going to become the norm as they continue to move throughout this season. Practices are going to be um, just more optional in terms of how you navigate the waters of this 56-game schedule. And really, like, the Golden Knights have one, one stretch where they've got two days off and they mm-hmm. can get some strong, solid practice in. And that is next Tuesday and Wednesday ahead of going on the road and playing two games against Colorado. So, so you say that. You, see, you say that. But mm-hmm. uh, so tomorrow is going to be a practice day. Why do sure. they practice tomorrow? Yeah, well, one, they're, they're on the road. Yeah. And on uh, the uh, California, Los Angeles, San Jose, uh, it's, it's, it's way more restricted than it is in, in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you want to spend all your time in your room? No. So you will, you'll practice tomorrow. They'll, they'll, they'll get a workout and it'll get everybody out. It'll, so you'll get your, your, your work in tomorrow on whatever Pete DeBoer has uh, wanted to be uh, focusing on over the last week uh, outside of the morning skates. And, and he'll also do some prep for St. Louis and, and maybe put some uh, bugs in the air for, for uh, Colorado later in the week. And then you mentioned that Tuesday, Wednesday, coming yeah. off the back-to-backs, uh, yeah. L.A. and St. Louis, Sunday, Monday, there's, there's no way they're practicing both those days, not off a of back-to-back. No. no. Just, just like, not going to happen. So, so they'll likely get a, not, but, but they'll get at least but the, one. Yeah, they'll get a day off and a practice. What, what like, your cake and eat it too? Really? <laughs> that, that is such a luxury. Gee, thanks, that, guys. That, that, that they don't have uh, going forward. And that will allow you to get some preparation, real work done uh, in, in anticipation of that two-game set against the Colorado Avalanche. So you're dealing, you're dealing with so much right now. Game-time decisions to your top two centermen. Uh, one, your second-leading goal scorer uh, in Alex Tuck. Uh, what do you do with your two goaltenders, the, which is actually a good decision to have because you haven't been in a position to have to make that decision for the right. last 20 games. So, so that's a positive, but there's so many moving parts uh, going through this right now. And I watched the, the, the post game the other night mm-hmm. after the game against San Jose, the Wednesday game. I thought Pete DeBoer looked uh, just like through the ringer. He'd, he'd gone through the ringer. Like, we, we just did all this and, and managed to pull out the, the game with a, with a four-goal third period. And, and now we've got to turn around and, and head off to play L.A. and St. Louis and, and Colorado. There's just never an easy spot in this season. And that, folks, is a coach that's gone 26-1. and one. 20 wins, <laughs> 6 losses, and 1 other, a shootout loss. Imagine if you're, if you're Los Angeles and Todd McClellan, where you're scrapping and clawing, you're 2 games over 500, and you're three point, within 3 points of a playoff spot after mm-hmm. a big win the other night. Like, what, what the stress must be on him? I, you know, it's interesting, because like, It's always funny how we hold this team to incredibly high standards, and I'm incredibly guilty of that. Like, I'm fully aware. But when you take into account the stress of the season, when you take into account the stretches that the Golden Knights have been on over the last 10 days, 
and you look at how they're able to win games and yes you don't want to struggle quote-unquote struggle against san jose or la or anaheim or or whatever the case may be but the fact of the matter is you're you're not just playing against those teams you're also playing against this schedule and it is tough and that's why you you celebrate a win however you can get it are there things you can clean up in terms of execution absolutely are you going to get to work on that sure eventually when you have a day where you can actually practice but right now i think you you have to take everything else into account it's not just the golden knights going up against la or anaheim it's the golden knights going up against this schedule and those teams and they've still found ways to come through and win games when it didn't look likely that they would you're very comfortable when that zamboni goes by well i mean you're not on the ice so you should be fine i know but it's you didn't realize they made that much noise well when they, yes. when they shoot by you okay so here's the thing um mm-hmm. i don't know what this zamboni driver is doing but he seems to just really like to drive the zamboni he might have to stop for gas because it's it's 20 21 minutes of continual zamboni <laughs> driving <laughs> and he's like, just, i'm not i'm not keeping counter anything the, but i'm just saying the operator's just doing a dry scrape too yeah not even putting down any any water uh on it so Should ask they, him to honk the horn next time you know the other night the, the, they went deep in their lineup the wednesday game against san jose yep and we're successful with it so that's got to that's got to really give them a, a, a boost going into the indecision and the mystery uh, about their roster tonight shouldn't it i mean i would imagine it does yeah like you you were able to come through and you were able to get points from guys that you didn't necessarily rely on and we've we've talked so much about depth scoring needing to come through for the golden knights and in a game in which they were were down a couple of guys and then they had two of their best offensive players in the penalty box you get contributions from ryan reeves you get contributions from tomas nosik alec martinez comes up with a big goal like we 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 always want what we can't have at times but it was nice to see the depth scoring coming through in a game in which you absolutely need your depth scoring to show up for you i'll be curious if if reeves and carrier start going a little bit here whether there's uh momentum off that performance the other night because they scored a couple of goals yeah and then nosek was on the ice for the the power play goal so whether it's carrier uh who is really effective and uh, that's going to lead into because he was coming off uh, of the injury, missing a couple of games, and jumped right in. So that's uh, I know we're going to chat uh, a little bit later on on the pregame show on Night to Shine, but that's going to kind of guide me a little bit. So uh, Carrier was effective. Reeves was really good. Arguably played his best game of the year. Uh, scored once. It was called back because of goalie interference, but was more involved beyond that, and then had the big tip in. A, a little bit it, it might be the perfect timing with all of the uh, uh, top six in flux that that you might be able to get a little bit more from from the meat grinders yeah it, it's hopefully something that they can build on and I, I think that they will we've seen will carrier with a lot of energy so far this season we've seen him get some really quality scoring chances it just hasn't been able to go for him i think the game that he put in on wednesday is goes a long way to to building his confidence and we've seen Tomasz Nosek 
really step his game up since getting the opportunity to play on a line with Alex Tuck and Nick Waugh. Those three guys really were going for the Golden Knights before they had these these injuries. So I, I think that you're going to get something from that, that fourth line, something from that bottom six, and I think you're looking at Keegan Kolasov as kind of that other guy that, that who's had a lot of chances, who just hasn't been able to get one to go. If you find a way to get one if you're Kolasar, I think that that really opens up a lot of confidence and avenues for your bottom six. You wanna, uh, do you want to play a little game? Sure. Who scores first, Carrier or Kolasar? Man, um, you know what? I'm going to go Carrier. I'm going to go Carrier. Why? I, I just I think he's he's imminent. Like I think it's close for him. I think after the game on Wednesday, the confidence that he plays with, just how he goes to the front of the net, I think I think he's just a matter of time. With Kolasar, I think the fact that he hasn't scored yet is kind of eaten at him a little bit. And I, I don't know that it's as imminent as I feel like it is for Carrier. I wonder who's more frustrated. Because Kolasar's got that whole first career goal hanging over him. Yeah. And Carrier's just plain old when I'm going to get one to drop. Yeah. And that that might be a, a good one because I it, it could like, really be either one of them. Should, uh, I, uh, should I predict that they'll score tonight? Well, so they can get a hat trick. I want to. I want to divide them up. You get one. I get one, and they become our guy. Oh man, you got to take okay. Carrier then, because I've I've been consistent on Colasar. Come on, really? I sense a yeah. bet here. No, 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 not a bet. No, there's just, no bet. Just, oh, come just on, come rooting, on, come on, friendly just, bet. Just Let's rooting, go. You, just rooting you would, interest. You, Chapman, you don't get to join bets. You don't get to create bets. Every single <laughs> bet that we've had, you've you've tucked away. You haven't wanted any part of it. You don't get it. Well, I would have won. But you didn't bet. No, because I, I, I knew I was going to win, and I didn't want to put Darren through that. So, Do you have a coin with you, Mr. Uh, Alligator Arms, Chapman? <laughs> I, I, I think I do, actually. Okay. Flip, flip right. that coin. Uh, I will take heads, and I get, uh, I get to pick. <laughs> flip the coin, and we'll just that, that person will become... Our guy that we're rooting for. All right, here, here's the, the here's first the coin. Of the two to score. Wait the, a minute, we don't root. We're we're professionals, Darren. The the, the problem is my coin is one Japanese oh. yen. That's okay, the only why, coin why I have it, in my why pocket. Why is it always an issue with <laughs> so you? So I, I I don't we know which side is heads and which side is tails. <laughs> All right, the side with the the, I don't care. the leaves just, is, is going to be figure it heads. out and give me heads or okay. tails. What do you want, Darren? Heads or tails? Heads. Okay. Is this? Am I in Canada camera again? It's, Do you guys remember what Canada tails? Oh, okay, tails. So Ryan, Ryan, tails? you get to pick. Who are you taking? All right, all right. I, I'm taking Kolasar because I've been right. consistent. I've I've got to get that tweet where I can say, Keegan Kolasar scored his first career NHL goal, and it's all because of me. See, that's how it works. Yep, that's how it works. We we are going to go with Ryan Wallace on Team Kolasar, and yep. Team Carrier is uh, Darren Millard, and that's the way we will. Uh, we will, sort of, we will root for individuals and support these individuals in their quest for the first goals of the season. There's one other. Uh, Braden McNabb has not scored, and Nick Holden has not scored this year. How about Thomas Yurko? Nah, he hasn't been up. So he, I don't, he, didn't I he play the other? Put, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Yurko. Well, no, one game. I'm look, going Yurko. Look, look at him trying to get in on this. Yurko is going to score before both of them. You don't get a pick. Them. Who's the last one to score this year? 
Holden, McNabb, Carrier, or Colasar? Holden. All right. McNabb's going to score tonight. Uh, McNabb's been all over it. He's, He's been, been so hunting. good. He's been so good. Just I think, like, Bra I think Braden McNabb scores tonight. He's been big game hunting. Yeah. He's done it against that team before. Yes. So who is the last one? You've got McNabb scoring. You, you've got a couple of guys that you're rooting for. Who's the last one? I, 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 I agree with Chad, and I think it'll be Holden. Although I will say this, it would be quite funny if it was Colasar, then Carrier, then McNabb. That's the first three goals tonight for the Golden Knights. Oh, that would be uh, that would be really good. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, a little bit more on this game uh, as we're following the uh, placing of William Carlson on the COVID list. Uh, his status for tonight uh, does uh, well. It looks, it, I would say, it would be doubtful. But we'll follow up with that because he, I, I haven't seen anywhere where he's been ruled out or scratched. So until I see that, I will not uh, announce that William Carlson will not play. But uh, William Carlson uh, this afternoon has been placed on the COVID list. Uh, we'll follow up on that front, plus give you an idea of what's going on in and around the National Hockey League. There's some intriguing stories that, uh, that you should know to make you the smartest person at the water cooler. It's the VDK Insider Show ahead of L.A. and Vegas on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Tell me if this makes sense. Okay. The Vegas Golden Knights will play somewhere for the first time for the last time. Does that make sense to you at all? I'm I'm sorry. Say say that. Uh, I got it. No, no, yeah. you didn't. Yeah, I no, did. Yeah. Go ahead. What, 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 translate it for me. So it's the first time this season that they're playing in a new arena for the uh, for, for the last time. This will be the are. last arena that they play in this season until well, hopefully the final four. They have now, played uh, at every arena, but in the West, LA. Yeah. And uh, they're going to do that tonight. Uh, here's what I take from from Ryan Wallace not getting that and. Chris Chapman translating it. Yeah. Uh, I got lucky. I'm, no, I'm concerned. No, I I'm wasn't listening to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, no, really like, like we were we were working through some levels here. So I, oh, I yeah? totally, totally wasn't listening to you. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, well it's, it's kind of crowded out here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure yeah, what's, Island. Like, so you, we didn't get this a year no. year ago. No. We're, we're in a stage right now where, yeah. where hockey, everything was, was shut down. So... Uh, a year ago, this day, n nothing happened. We, right. we, there's none of those. Back on uh, March 19th in 2020, nothing happened. Yeah, it is the 19th, right? I don't know. You tell oh, me. Who knows? Uh, so what's tell it like? You if it was, what's it like uh, out there with the NCAA tournament going on and and hockey and and different all all sports ramping up here? Uh, normal. It's it's normal, Darren. It, it's the best word that I could use to describe it. There is. Uh, quite a few people. There are quite a few people that are playing the slots and trying to get lucky. There's a an interesting slot game in front of me. It's the the Derby Deluxe. Mm. It's horse racing, which is fun. Uh, and then, yeah, there's a bunch of people inside the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar that are getting their drink on and watching their brackets blow up in flames. So it's fantastic. You guys do a bracket this year? Oh, I don't do brackets. It's the first time in probably 30 years I haven't. Why? What were you doing that was so important? I, well, I 
You were off three days this yeah, week. Yeah, but seriously, I was, like, you had every opportunity yeah, to get Yeah, but a, a I, I, w- I was sick. I'm, I literally just moved. My wife just got here. My mind is in a million different places. Oh. But That's I'm, the I'm very, lamest excuse. But I, 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 I'll tell you this. I was very happy to see Ohio State lose. Yeah, who'd they lose to? It was or, something. Oral weird. Roberts, I think. Yeah. Such yeah. a great name for a school. Just doesn't doesn't sound right. Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts. And I was very happy to see Oregon State win because they had not won a game in probably I think I've read like thirty five years it's been since they've won a game in the NCAA tournament. They came out of the Pac twelve. Yeah. I watched them last weekend. They were supposed we, to be the last place team. We did the games from uh T Mobile Arena last week with the basketball tournament taking place behind us in the arena. So we were in the press box calling the mm. games. Uh, in St. Louis between the Golden Knights and the Blues. Dave and Shane and, and Mike and I uh, calling all of that. And in the background, you could hear all the basketball show from, from the Pac-12. And on Friday night, this was my Friday night, uh, we finished the game. Great game for, for the Golden Knights after all the uh, uh, mystery about whether or not Marc-Andre Fleury would play. And mm-hmm. the Golden Knights uh, pull out another win, first win ever in St. Louis. It was, it was marvelous. I'm leaving the press box, and I looked down, and I thought, when am I ever going to be able to just take in uh, an NCAA tournament like this, the Pac-12 sure. uh, men's yeah. basketball tournament? So I started yeah. watching the start of the second game, and what do I see out of the corner of my eye, because they're still warming up, is the announcers, they're about 15 rows up from the court, the TV announcers, and one of them is doing like these these arm stretches around and then he uh, walks over to what I found out was the play-by-play announcer and starts doing these voodoo uh, signals to his play-by-play announcer and and hexing and different things and then he starts doing other arm it's Bill Walton and I watch Bill Walton warm up for the the broadcast and it was way more entertaining with all due respect to the basketball game, and the basketball game was, was good, but watching Bill Walton just do his zen thing yeah. in, in the most bizarre, weird thing, and you could tell the play-by-play announcers doing his routine and going through and probably doing some voiceover stuff, and Walton's just walking over to him and, and zapping him with hands and twiddling his fingers. And, uh, it, was, it was hilarious. And I don't know Bill. I've never met Bill. I'd love to, to hang out with him. One day, because I think he's a fascinating individual, and he can cross over into that uh, realm of being uh, calling a major sport, and then also be Bill. Uh, but that that was surreal, and I, uh, I consider that one of the great Vegas moments of Darren Millard's uh, time in the Valley. I can tell you from firsthand experience, Bill Walton is a trip. I talked to him when the NBA All Star Game was here. We didn't speak for one minute about the All Star Game. We talked about him going backstage at the Grateful Dead shows when they were playing in Vegas. Like, that was our conversation. I'm like, okay, if that's where you want to go, let's go, man. He, he's been to more Grateful Dead shows than the Grateful Dead have been. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's pretty accurate. He's probably still going to them. Oh, you guarantee. But it was, it, was just, it was just cool to watch him do his thing. And I don't know anybody else who gets ready for a television broadcast quite like Bill Walton gets ready for a television broadcast. We're getting ready for one tonight. The Golden Knights up against the Los Angeles Kings at Staples Center in L.A. Uh, I'm looking down at the ice right now as uh, things are, are being prepared. And this is going to uh, be any ice left? 
uh, <laughs> because the, uh, the yeah, he stopped to refuel actually during the, the commercial break. Of course they, he did. they did it like a, like a pit stop in NASCAR. They didn't change any tires. They just put some, some gas into it. Uh, the, the LA Kings are playing better. Everybody wants to talk about this, this playoff chase that the LA Kings are mounting. You know what, you know what they are in their last 10? Three, four, and three. It's not like when, when that is a team that's playing better, that tells you where they're coming from. Sure. And they, they are coming from a complete rebuild. Now, are they, are they improving in their consistency? Yes. Are they closing in on getting production from other parts of their lineup? For sure. But two players tonight that are constant from the old days to the rebuild to right now what we're watching... Anzi Kopitar, top t- top player on the team, mm-hmm. and ladies and gentlemen, Drew Doughty's back to being Drew Doughty, and and he's been really good this year. They yeah. dominated the game. He did. He has. He's been good. Like Drew Doughty might even get some votes for Norris. Look might out happen. there. It it might. The Norris Trophy is 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 wild this year. I don't know where that's going to go. Tyson Berry right now is the top points. <laughs> Uh, producer among defensemen, and yeah. I can guarantee you this: that Tyson Berry's not winning the Norris Trophy. It no, just probably not. Uh, voters won't allow themselves to go there. I mean, and it I, would be really funny for the Toronto Maple Leafs if he did. <laughs> it, it would be hilarious uh, for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I love that Tyson Berry's found a home because he went through the ringer yeah. uh, from from his own uh, exit interview. Uh, on his experience in Toronto and the pressure and uh, and playing in, inside that uh, the center of the hockey universe, it didn't sound like he enjoyed it at all. And in fact, it sounded quite uh, unnerving and stressful. So the fact that he's found a home in Edmonton and he's putting up some good numbers, good on him. He's still not not winning the Norris. I, if if he ends up as a finalist, I'll be disappointed. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's impressive, which just tells you how wide open it, it really is this year when the top, when I'm saying the top point producer yeah. among blue liners shouldn't be a finalist, where does that leave the rest uh, rest of your evaluations? Yeah, I mean, it's all over the map. I, it was, it, in terms of Drew Doughty, in terms of the LA Kings, like, you point to the fact that in their last 10 games they're 3-4-3, three, and three, but they are just three points out of a playoff spot, though St. Louis does have three more points currently and they've played one more game so you know the kings are are kind of knocking on that door of the st louis blues and when you look at the blues in their last 10 games four three and three it's a combination of the kings playing better by degrees and the blues just not really finding their game not able to secure that spot or create any distance against the la kings here's another stat line when you talk about the standings. Vegas goes into tonight with 41 points. Yep. The Los Angeles Kings check in with 30. Yes. Why is that important? Well, Los Angeles Kings are fifth in the division. The first priority in every season is make the playoffs. Yes. And then get greedy. Finish third. Finish fourth. Try and uh, try and finish uh, first. Like try try and get as many as you as you can without uh, any any consequences. The Golden Knights after tonight, if they win in regulation, will be 13 points up on the Los Angeles Kings for the final playoff spot. That at the half 
because tonight does mark the halfway point of the Vegas season. See the, the schedule actually passed it uh, on Monday yeah. in the National Hockey League. If you have a 13-point lead halfway through your schedule on a playoff spot, then you can flip it into get greedy time and and really try and, and make something happen. And uh, you, could, you they've kind of done that already with uh, with their standing and having a three-point lead over Colorado for first place. But uh, first things uh, first, trying to lock down a playoff spot, tonight goes a long way for that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're, you're creating that separation. You're creating... Uh, that that lock to making a play to making the playoffs and you're absolutely right there and when it comes to the regular season yes you like to win divisions yes you want to finish first if you can but the most important stat to come out of a regular season is did you make the playoffs the golden knights have have been very good to this point and they've built up a, a nice lead in terms of securing a playoff spot but these are opportunities to continue to widen that gap and continue to to work toward that ultimate goal. We are closing in on uh, game time, and that means game time decisions must be answered. Alex Tuck, Chandler Stevenson, game time decisions. What will Pete DeBoer do with his goaltending? Will he go to Robin Leonard for the first time in almost six weeks as Leonard has been uh, activated off uh, LTIR and backed up the other night against the San Jose Sharks? And what do we make of the... Uh, acquisition of uh, William Carlson onto the COVID list. Will that mean that he cannot play tonight? Well, if he's on the COVID list, he can't play. Will he stay there or does uh, something else uh, happen in this, like the Marc-Andre Fleury situation? Uh, we'll uh, cut through all of that as we roll on on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And Darren, do you know what the good news is today? No. You don't? You have no idea? No. You don't read the show notes, do you? No. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> well, that's, I did that's today. Fantastic. There was that's nothing fantastic. in segment two. for guys to win. Oh no! There was a there was an associated note with the show notes that you did not read. I'm I'm assuming. No. You know I don't understand. Okay, uh, we can cool it with the drops. The good news today. I don't like the way he does business. I don't like him. Seriously, you're gonna get though. popped in the head. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's only doing this because we're not in studio together. Anyway, uh, the good news today, Darren, is that you and I. Not Chapman, because Chapman doesn't want to do this. Uh, you and I get to give away a pair of tickets nice. to Monday's Golden Knights St. Louis Blues game at T-Mobile Arena. What do you think about that? I think it's awesome, but I still don't see that in the uh, show notes. No, no, no. I, it's, it's, an, it's an associated note. It's an extra note in the show notes. Oh, I didn't see that. That's awesome. I love giving away tickets and making sure people can go to uh, to the game that uh, that uh, probably haven't been able to get into T-Mobile yet. That'll okay. be the fifth game with fans in attendance. Uh, that's That warms my heart. Okay, so we're going to give away the tickets now, but, but before we do that, Darren, based on the week that you've had with Chris Chapman, mm -hmm. based on everything that he's put you through personally and professionally, do you mm -hmm. want me to be kind no or do you want me to go the opposite direction opposite opposite direction yeah 
Okay, I can I, do uh, that. Uh, like, this, this sums it up. I want you to be mean to Chapman, uh-huh. and he was only at work for two days this week. <laughs> that, that sums up the, uh, the relationship. All right, get ready. 702-876-1340 is the number. Hey, Chapman. Yes. How are your fingers doing? Oh, they're always good. Oh, okay, fantastic. Caller number 100. Caller number 100, we are going to send you to Monday's game, Vegas-St. Louis. Caller number 100, 702-876-1340. That's the number. That's the good news of the day. Brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Okay, we uh, we got we got an issue though because now he's going to have to multitask. He's going to be taking calls, uh-huh. counting them down, yep. and he's also going to have to get Ken Danico on the line from the NHL Network. No, we'll be calling on the number that the listeners are calling on. He's got plenty of time. All right, really, it's the same number. It is. <laughs> oh well, there's no chance Danico joins us. It's ah. the VGK Insider Show teeing up tonight's game, LA and Vegas, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marchessault fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marchessault. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Nobody has a higher winning percentage in the National Hockey League than the Vegas Golden Knights. And tonight they will try to add to that great number of 759 as they open up a two-game road trip to Southern California and face the Los Angeles Kings of VGK Insider Show. Our number two, Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace. We're going to be joined by Ken Danico from the NHL Network in just a little bit. Chat about uh, some other stuff in the NHL in and around the league. Plus one-timers at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Some news and notes for you on uh, a semi-busy night in the National Hockey League. Uh, Darren Millard here at City National Arena. Ryan, where are you guys right now? I'm at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, where there's a lot going on. Uh, so, Darren, I'm going to try my best to listen to you, but can't make any promises today. Do you hear the odd, uh, like, uh, screams because the NCAA tournament's on and uh, all kinds of things are, are happening, and uh, this is NCAA tournament uh, opening weekend. The sports books are going crazy because we didn't have that uh, a year ago. Are you distracted at all with uh, some of the happenings uh, in the tournament? I'm sorry, what? Uh, yes, uh, yes, yeah. I am. 100% distracted by, again, everything that's going on. There are a lot of people that are enjoying themselves, taking in the NCAA tournament and then tonight they're going to be taking in the Golden Knights game with me so that's fun like come on out so I'm going to paint this picture for you of of something that's happening in my world right now I'm at City National Arena in uh, the back boardroom with uh, the two monitors in front of me and I'm sitting in the chair using my own headset but in the same chair that Dan Duva sits in to call the games and uh, one uh one monitor is on the Staples Center, and I see a high, wide shot from the end zone of the ice surface. They're going through the, uh, the pregame uh, rehearsal the, from game operations. And the other is the video production screen of, uh, of AT&T Sportsnet. 
in my ears. You guys hear the Zamboni going around. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that Zamboni actually isn't on the ice. That's a loop. But I am getting, uh, for background, I am getting sounds from the hallway in my ears. And I don't think you guys can hear it. Because no. during one commercial break, I said, well, that was weird because it sounded like a vacuum going. In my ears, I'm getting, I'm getting the background. There's a live mic uh, either outside the Golden Knights locker room uh -huh. or it's outside the L.A. Kings locker room. Yeah. And somebody's stick handling and somebody's uh, cutting a stick and, uh, and getting their equipment ready. So it's a little bit uh, off-putting. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a broadcast professional. We'll yeah. get through it. Yeah. But it really... In, in, my, in my point of view, it'd be great if you could all hear it because then we could get ready for the game together with the ambiance. But it, the weird part is I'm the only one that can take in these, these game sounds uh, preparing for a game in which we don't know whether William Carlson's going to be able to go after being placed on the COVID list. Uh, not sure uh, whether it was a, a positive test. We don't know anything uh, on that side of it or whether it was from an exposure standpoint. But midway through this afternoon, uh, we looked up, and William Carlson was placed on the National Hockey League's COVID list. So do you want me to tell you why you're hearing that and no one else is? Yes. That's the walk-off interview, Mike. Oh, okay. Yep. So it's it's only patched through to everybody once there is a player on and ready to go. Okay. So it's only in your ear to let you know, hey, player X, Y, or Z is here. They're ready for you, and then you can patch them through. Well, that's uh, highly convenient when the person is there for a walk-off interview after the yep. end of the first period or sure. the second period or the right. third period. Yeah. It's highly inconvenient when it's 5 o'clock and we're doing no. the VGK Insider Show. There's nothing inconvenient about it. <laughs> You're going to pick up some gems. You're gonna, like, you might actually get a game-time decision before the game. Okay, so before, before <laughs> I found out that this, the microphone or that, that's uh, bringing me these weird sounds, yeah. before I found out that it wasn't actually going on the air, yeah. I did hear a couple of people talking. Okay. And at one point, the conversation was going down a path that wasn't exactly appropriate for radio. <laughs> and I was starting to hold my breath. And I couldn't figure out why you weren't more concerned and didn't say anything uh, about it. And so I just let it go. But now that I know that I don't have to worry about that conversation going well, on the air, I'm a lot more comfortable with the future of our broadcasting careers. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, you're standing in front of, the, in front of all the controls. So, like, one wrong button. Ooh, and Darren, yeah. you could be the undoing of everybody. What should no I do pressure, to Dan though. Duva's uh, desk here? Is there anything that I should do to... How superstitious is he? Let him know that I was here. I, I had a muffin during the, during the commercial break the last <laughs> hour, and I dropped a couple of crumbs. Dan doesn't seem to be the type of guy that would appreciate crumbs around his workspace. Then, uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, like, maybe the grease from the wrapper, like, if you just rub that on the table, mm. maybe that'll be something. Because, like, at least it's not a crumb, but, like, it might actually get onto his show notes. And if you yeah. do that, Dan Duva might really get mad at you. I don't, you, you won't like Dan when he's angry. Uh, 759 winning percentage for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's the best winning percentage after the first 27 games in team history, and it's by a wide margin. The next best winning percentage after 27 games, 648. So huge, huge difference there. Uh, in a, uh, just gives you an idea of how great 
uh, the season has been for the Vegas Golden Knights as we bring in Ken Danico from the NHL Network. Welcome to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ken, good to be with you. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. Uh, uh, I, I want to start this conversation off with uh, just uh, my sincere uh, sympathies to you after what you went through last Sunday and the overtime game in which the New Jersey, and you call the New Jersey Devil games uh, when you're not in the NHL <laughs> network, and, and P.K. Subban scores, and everybody thinks that the streak is over and you've won the game, and then it goes to video <laughs> review, and, and every, they have to bring everybody back on the ice. And uh, I just thought, like, sometimes when people pile on, they pile on in great numbers, and that was one of those instances. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you, I can't imagine for the players. It was disheartening. And look, I understand I'm realistic where the Devils are at. They're a young club that, you know, still a few years away, but you still want to get rewarded for a good game played against a top team like the Islanders and everything that could and would go wrong did. I, I always feel that uh, I'm an underdog guy. I always have been, even though I was fortunate enough to win three Stanley Cups. And why, oh, why in sports in general, not just hockey and not just because it was my team, it always seems to go in favor of the better team. I've never understood that on close calls. <laughs> and that was by, I, like, a millimeter that it was ruled off. Yeah, I, I, I've just never understood that. Maybe I, I'm thinking it's a conspiracy theory in general in sports. And like I said, nothing to do with my team because whether we get that extra point or not for this season anyway is not going to matter a whole lot. But it always seems – I don't think the, favorite, the, the better team needs an advantage. So – Throw the guys a bone. Let the, if it's that close, throw the, the team that you know has worked so hard and played a good game against the top team. Uh, but it was it is what it is. It happens all the time in sports. You hope it evens out in the long run. That's all. And you know what doubles down on that is uh, it was PK that scored. So you're happy for PK, but PK doesn't do anything quietly. And when he no. put that thing, like it was full on, like Game Seven <laughs> Stanley Cup celebration. And it was like, oh no, no. Yeah, no. He, he's a. He's certainly uh, flamboyant, but he's played very well for them this year. He's much improved from last year, so that's that's a good thing. And, yeah, it was a little, like I said, disheartening. But anyway. <laughs> he calls the uh, New Jersey Devil games, and we know him. We love him from the NHL Network as well. Ken Danico on with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, Ken, staying on the New Jersey Devils, and, and really Jack Hughes, I think, has had a strong sophomore campaign what's the difference between jack hughes this year and what you saw out of him last year well as you know guys i mean being 18 years old and he was a young 18 year old and and for all intents and purposes a baby last year yes we knew he excelled at every level and was dominant and the skill sets were there the skating ability the edge work the hands the hockey iq but to go to the best league in the world, that, that is a big jump. There is only, uh, that's why we call them generational players. The McDavid's, the Matthews, the Crosby's don't come around too often where they can have such a huge impact as an 18-year-old. And people, because you're number one overall, that's a lot of pressure. And I think people expect you to be uh, a star right away. It just doesn't happen uh, realistically. But what the 10 months off and, and the tough times we've been through, everybody has the pandemic and and uh, unprecedented times really helped him from a, a physical standpoint. I mean, he trained on things he needed to train on, and that's certainly becoming more of a man and, and getting stronger, especially in the lower body, so that he's able to win some puck battles. He's able to absorb some things along the wall and keep his feet moving. I thought it was a prime example on his goal last night where he bounces off a check, but he gets back in the play, and he's able to 
in the great hands, and the puck was bouncing, and, and then he goes top shelf from a sharp angle. But last year, that probably wouldn't have happened. So he's gotten stronger. He got acclimated to the league. He's getting better and better. It doesn't always show on the stat sheet, but on a nightly basis, he creates for his teammates. And he's kind of that game-breaker the Devils haven't had in a long time. But I will say, I think it's still going to be a couple years before we see a 100-point Jack Hughes, and I do believe he will be that type of player soon. I just love his attitude. He's tough mentally, and uh, he doesn't get discouraged like last year when things went weren't going great at times, but his team didn't insulate him much very as far as, you know, he, he didn't play with a lot of great players at the time. The team struggled. Uh, but he, he's a kid that's mature mentally for sure. He's a guy that really believes in himself, and I think that's half the battle. And, yes, he has the skill set. And he's made a huge strides this season for sure, and that's good news for the Devils fans of the Devil organization. Three-time Stanley Cup champion Ken Danico with us uh, calls the New Jersey Devil games as well as uh, spending some time on the NHL Network. Uh, that has to help you stay in touch with the the rest of the league in a weird season, which uh, we're only playing inside the division. There's seven teams, Ken, that are over 40 points right now. Do we? So we know who are some of the good teams, but we do. Mm-hmm. Do we know who the class of the league is right now? Well, I tell you, I think you could put a few teams there, including your team uh, where you guys are at right now, the Vegas Golden Knights. And like I said, yeah, because I played for the Devils as long as I did and do the Devils games, I'm a hockey fan first, and I love watching the great young talent throughout this league and the great teams. And what Vegas has done since their inaugural season is, is remarkable. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on with you guys. It really is. It's just unprecedented. You don't see teams go to the Stanley Cup final the first year and be as good as they have been. I played with George McPhee uh, in New Jersey back in the late 80s, and uh, he's done a terrific job along with their ownership and Kelly McCrimmon to just have Vegas be one of those teams that's a perennial Stanley Cup favorite uh, every year, and and they haven't been in that long three years. So it's remarkable, but I would say Vegas. I would say Colorado. They're on a collision course in their division. It's too bad one of them's going to be out eventually and the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Washington Capitals you can kind of put in there because these division is really tough, but I'd put the Caps in there. Um, those are the teams that I think uh, as far as are the beasts of the National Hockey League, but that's what we lo- why we love this game and why we love the playoffs because there's no sport like it. That uh, There's a lot of upsets come playoff time. We've seen it many times, but those are the teams uh, for me. Colorado. Started a little bit slow, or maybe weren't getting the results. They ran into a ton of hot goaltending, losing some tight games. But they are just dominant every night with puck possession and shot advantage and scoring chances. It looks like they're starting to get their game going, and they're going to be real dangerous as well. I didn't realize there was some crossover with uh, George McPhee and uh, your career. Uh, give us an uh, idea. I love of what... George. He's my buddy. We 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 had a lot of fun in our day together as well. But uh, he was on the team, and he had actually broken his hand. But we. Went to the playoffs for the first time in 1988. And George and I, uh, he was a great team guy. I loved him. And we still keep in contact every once in a while. Certainly when I get out to Vegas, uh, obviously not this year because we're not traveling and, and because of divisional play. But, yeah, no, I have a lot of respect for George. And I've known him a long, long time. And uh, we went on a miracle run of 7-0-1 in 88. Uh, to make the playoffs for the first time in uh, New Jersey Devils history, we hadn't made it the first seven Six years in existence, seven years in existence, whatever that may be, and and went on a nice run in the class. And uh, that was, I was a teammate of George's at the time. Famous gold, uh, John McClain. And did he score on Panger? Yes, in Chicago. <laughs> was it on Panger? 
on Panger, and I, yeah. of all people, I open the scoring on a blast from Panger, and I've never let him live it down. <laughs> he does that. He's done that stuff. And, and that's before Lou Lamorello had put the dog collar on me because Lou had just gotten to the team. That was his first year. It took him a year or two. But he put the dog collar on me where I got zapped if I carried the puck over the red line because I wanted to be jack-of-all-trades as well. I wanted to be that guy that could also chip in offensively because we all did it in, in where we played previous, whether it was college, whether it was junior, where I had a lot of points. So you think you can do it, but to translate it to the National Hockey League, uh, you got to understand that's why. you got to understand your roles, and nobody knew that better than Lou Lamorello. And, in fact, he gave me that speech one day that, Kenny, I liken my teams in an orchestra. There's violinists, there's pianists, and drummers. What category do you think you fall in there? And uh, I got the message loud and clear. Loud and clear. I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but it was a big reason. I say with all sincerity why I was able to have some longevity in the National Hockey League. Because some guys don't understand it. If you try to do too much, you're usually out of the league in a couple of years. If you don't have elite abilities uh, like Scott Niedermeyer's skating ability or whatever it may be, and you find it, and I found a pretty good niche for myself. And he's, I, I was angry at him. I was ready to walk out the door and slam it because I was a very intense, emotional kid. And he calmly says to me, and by the way, Kenny, if you master that drum, you're going to play in this league 15 years. While well, I went to play, went on to play 20, and I told him that when we retired in 2003. I said, just to, just to pee blue, uh, I played five more years than he told me I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate revenge. I love story. it. Uh, Kenny Danico with us from the NHL Network uh, on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. You know, Ken, when you, you look at the fact that we're about halfway, just over halfway into this season, you start looking at some of the major awards, keeping it here with Vegas. It's hard not to think about Mark Stone for the Selkie. It's hard not to think about Marc-Andre Fleury for the Vesna. Where are you in terms of those two guys and their quest for those trophies? Well, certainly Mark Stone. I, I, I love him as a player. He's my kind of player and just that guy that, uh, you know, as far as, Selkie, I would say, yeah, he'd be my front runner. And now a Selkie guy's got a lot of um, offensive ability, and certainly Mark Stone does. As he leads the Vegas Golden Knights in scoring. But but when you have that all-purpose player as sound and big and strong and the takeaways and the positioning as Mark Stone, uh, it just makes makes your team that much more dangerous. Why I think Vegas is so dangerous, even come playoff time, all their, if you look at all their skilled guys, high-skilled guys, they're all big. They're all strong. No, they don't. maybe don't have a Connor McDavid, or not many teams do, or a Nathan McKinnon. But all of their top players, their star players, maybe not superstars, star players, are all big, strong, heavy, and Mark Stone is that guy. I would have him, for sure, probably at the top for, for Selkie Trophy this season. No question about it. Uh, I like him that much. Uh, so certainly, Mark Andre Fleury, what, Andre Fleury, what a year he, he's having. You can always throw Vasilevsky in the conversation. A lot of people say, well, they have such a good teams in front of them, certainly Vasilevsky at times. But uh, you watch them on a nightly basis, both these guys, and they make the big save at the right time. It's not, not if your team's getting a ton of shots. And I played in front of a guy, Marty Broder, one of the greatest of all time as well, that people say, well, he had such a good defense and a good system and a structure. Well, he had to make the big save at the right time. That's what makes a great goaltender. It's not stopping 45 shots every night. It's a guy in a 1-1 hockey game that makes a big save, and that's what these guys guys do for you. So I think it's right now probably a two-horse race. I know we got a lot of hockey left. There's been a lot of great other great goaltenders that we don't, don't need to throw everybody's name in, but I would say for me Vasilevsky and Fleury, if it was the halfway point, 
we're giving the award out today. <laughs> you you, uh, you at the network tonight? You working it? No, I am not. Nice. I am at the network tomorrow night. I'm actually, I mean, I can't get enough of hockey. I'm calling a Devils game at 1 in the afternoon and off to NHL Network for a 7 p.m. Uh, shift getting to watch more games, and I love it. That's that's uh, nothing better than it, so i, I got a full day tomorrow night. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, have a great call tomorrow, and we'll watch you tomorrow night on NHL Network. Uh, you're a real treat, and uh, I miss you, man, so I can't wait to see you in person. <laughs> well, a real pleasure to be on with you guys, and uh, good luck to your, your squad out there. They are awfully good, that's for sure. <laughs> Outstanding. 26-1. and one. I still can't get over it. Uh, Ken Danico from the NHL Network. Uh, be well, friend. Take care, fellas. NHL Network and the New Jersey Devils. So he, he's got that great advantage of having the team perspective and also, uh, like this show, keeps you up to date with what's going on in and around the National Hockey League. And just to give you an idea of who is listening, uh, Dan Duva is not just the play-by-play voice of the Vegas Golden <laughs> Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas, but uh, he's also an avid listener to Fox Sports Las Vegas and said, just sent me a text and said, I expect that workspace to be cleaned up entirely by the time I roll in there. So Dan Duva uh, also uh, listening you to the program, to knowing that I spilled crumbs all over the place uh, how about that uh, that story about uh lou lamorello telling ken danico like you're gonna be a drummer yeah no it's i mean like it, it doesn't it, that doesn't come as a, a major surprise to me whatsoever but when you kind of relate it in that in those terms and then you you go on to kind of expound on that that if you become this drummer the best version of this drummer you're going to have a 15-year career and to look at what it turned out for ken danico that's the type of conversation that you have to get a player to understand the greater purpose and that's why the devils were so successful and that's why you know you listen to guys like lou lamorello who have figured it out and have won before a colorado avalanche have won five in a row does that make tonight even more important for the golden knights Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, it does. Like the Golden Knights, beyond just getting into the playoffs, and we've we've established that that is what matters most throughout the course of a regular season. If you're Vegas, you want home ice advantage. Like you you want to win the division. You want home ice advantage, and you want to try to stay away from a first round matchup. I believe with the Colorado Avalanche because I don't want to see those two teams play if it's going to come down to Vegas and Colorado until. It's time to declare a winner of this division. I don't want to see that in the first round. Simply don't want to do it. And I'm sorry, when you factor in that attendance is is trending in the right direction for the Vegas Golden Knights, that it's looking like more and more people will be, fans will be allowed into the arena, that provides a boost for the Golden Knights. And I think if you have an opportunity to get home ice advantage, you have an opportunity to play more games in front of those fans. This is the type of season where that becomes a real advantage, and that's what you're playing for. Colorado and Vegas next Thursday and Saturday, a two-game series in Denver at Ball Arena. We know that Vegas plays L.A. twice and St. Louis on Monday. For the Avalanche, it's Minnesota and then a pair against Arizona. Wouldn't it be awesome just thinking out loud, if both teams continued their runs, I mean, Vegas has won four in a row for the fourth time this year. Colorado has won five in a row. They're on a season high right now. If they if they entered that set next week in Denver, both still riding high and, and played each other 
at the best and, and where they're they're both going because the first time when they had that four game series as great as it was and as fun as it was the Tahoe experience uh, and splitting the four games you had you had Colorado coming off their COVID pause and you had some different things happening around around the Golden Knights and it it just wasn't both teams on all cylinders right now they're both going despite the various challenges facing their hockey club Colorado's getting healthier and Vegas is dealing with the uh, with a bit of a, a scrubbed session in the in the injury department I think for me that's kind of the more important aspect of it I, the wins the win streak coming into a, into a game I don't really care about but I want to see both teams as healthy as possible like I would like to see Chandler Stevens and Alex Tuck and hopefully William Carlson suiting up for the the Golden Knights fairly certain that Alex Petrangelo will not be available not an option in that game but I want to see Colorado at the height of their power and as healthy as they can be and I'd like to see the Golden Knights at the height of their power and as healthy as they can be and see where those two teams match up in terms of of where the rate of play goes when both clubs are healthy Colorado's found their game recently yeah Vegas it's been wire to wire first place in the NHL's point percentage column. That's a, that's a hard thing to keep up with for an entire season, whether it's 56 games or 82 or 40. Going wire to wire is impressive, and they hit the halfway of their schedule. They passed the halfway point of the NHL schedule in top spot. They've been really good, like really, really good. And again, we've, we've talked about it, and there are times where we get a little bit critical and a little bit picky in terms of yes they could have played better in this game or yes they could have had a better second period in in this game but when you factor in everything that's gone on this season for the Golden Knights and Pete DeBoer talked about it today just about all the different ancillary things they've had to deal with throughout this season so far you're going to take 20 wins six losses one overtime loss and you're going to enjoy that for what it is because it set you up for the remainder of this season on the right foot. You know, the worst stretch in, a, in dissecting the schedule is they lost three of five. Three of five. That was the, like marginally below 500 over a five-game stretch. That's it. Other yeah. than that, the losses have been spread out, sprinkled in uh, throughout the season. Couple here, couple there, and there's only seven in, in total. It's been incredibly consistent and that as good as the winning percentage is the consistency of the performance has been lights out 100 i mean again this is this is a team that is taking care of business and they have found ways to win and if, if you're looking at the golden knights this season and you're looking at kind of their superpower what's enabled them to be where they are in the standings it is finding different ways to win on different nights and taking what the game gives them and doing exactly what they need in that moment to come away with two points. Evaluating the overall performance is a, a great thing, and that's what we're doing with the Vegas Golden Knights as they hit the halfway point of this season. Uh, we'll continue to tee it up, uh, try to bring you any late-breaking news as we approach game time and the start of the pregame show with Ryan Wallace at the top of the next hour. We know that... Uh, William Carlson has been placed on the COVID list and that Chandler Stevenson and Alex Tuck are game time decisions. We're keeping an eye on uh, everything and we'll bring you the uh, breaking news when it becomes available. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
Gone to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Uh, good news, bad news situation for the New York Rangers uh, for this weekend. The coaching staff, led by David Quinn, will be out of service, unavailable for this weekend. Chris Knobloch and uh, some management types are going to fill in. Chris Drury, uh, the assistant the other night. Chris Knobloch, promoter from the Hartford Wolfpack of the American Hockey League, will be back behind the bench uh, for this weekend. Uh, why is that good news, bad news? Normally when you lose your coaching staff, it's bad news. Uh, but Chris <laughs> Knobloch and the Rangers beat the Philadelphia Flyers 9-0 yeah. the other day in the uh, first go-around for the New York Rangers, and they will visit the Washington Capitals on Friday. So Knobloch gets the call. You're going to coach tonight, MSG, uh, Philadelphia, and you win 9 nothing. And then yeah. they're told, you know, oh, by the way, you're going on the road too. Yeah. Nothing I, uh, Nothing wrong with that. I can uh, give you so, an update on that oh game. Oh, yeah? Yep. Okay. It's uh, the Rangers in Washington. Just under two minutes left in the second period. one to nothing. Rangers. So the Rangers under Chris Knobloch have outscored the opposition 10 nothing in five in periods. Five periods, yep. Wow. It's not bad. Guy might be making a move on the head. No, we won't start that uh, with David Quinn. But uh, it, uh, I love it when players, because that's a really challenging situation for players. Uh, but it also shows you that how much preparation there is before the game and into the game, and we witnessed that when uh, when Kelly McCrimmon and the uh, Manny Viveros and the Henderson Silver Knights had to take over uh, right before a game. That that the work that you put in behind the scenes makes you prepared for the zany and the crazy, which is your coaches not being able to uh, play. Alex Galchenyuk, we followed his career around, and uh, he's certainly bounced, uh, makes his uh, and is making his Maple Leaf debut tonight as they face the Calgary Flames. So just an update on that front. Uh, a couple of injuries to tell you about. Uh, Genny Malkin is week to week for the Ooh. Pittsburgh Penguins. That, they were going. They, yeah. they were playing yeah. really good and they've uh, they've kind of stumbled the last couple of games. But uh, I'll be curious to see how much that derails what was a pretty nice rally for Sid and company. That's a that's a tough injury for sure. Um, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, it it was, you know, for a while we were really weren't sure what the Penguins were going to be this season. But as you have pointed out many times, you just simply don't bet against Sidney Crosby. You don't bet against Evgeny Malkin, and missing Malkin hurts. But if there's one thing we've learned about Sidney Crosby, and also conversely, Evgeny Malkin, is when one of those two guys goes out with an injury the other turns into uh, an even better player and, and carries the team, puts them on their back. So this just means Sidney Crosby is going to take it to another level, and I, I, I don't bet against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm not going to start now. And that's that's been the case over the, the history, is yeah. Geno's out, Sid just cranks it up Absolute and monster. goes. Yep. And uh, Malkin, if you're wondering, the second or third leading scorer, third leading scorer on the Pittsburgh Penguins this year behind Jake Gensel and uh, Sidney Crosby. He uh, developed some pretty good chemistry uh, with Kasperi Kapanen. And so that's going to uh, upset uh, what uh, Mike Sullivan has to do 
with uh, with his lines of Pittsburgh right now in that third position trying to fend off Boston and Philadelphia in Hold the on. Mass Mutual East Division. Question for you. Are yeah. you surprised that Kasperi Kapanen found his home playing with Yevgeny Malkin and no. not Sidney Crosby? No, because uh, we, we see players brought in to play with a certain player so many times, and yeah. they don't end up with that player. Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel. They yeah. just, they, they, there you go. Um, we, we watched uh, people brought in to play with Connor McDavid over and over again. They usually end up on another line. Good players put up numbers, but uh, sometimes it just it, it, it doesn't work. Kapanen was supposed to give the, the Crosby line a, a bunch of speed. Instead, he managed to really find a niche with uh, with Malkin. And in really, it, it's, it's almost better that that happens because it gives you a deeper uh, pool to draw from. Uh, Boston Bruins games, Saturday and Tuesday, PPD'd because uh, Pasternak and four others in COVID protocol with the Boston Bruins. Uh, William Carlson is in COVID protocol for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, placing that uh, this afternoon. Uh, for the Boston Bruins, five players placed in the COVID protocol. First first time in a, a little bit here yep. that we've had games postponed uh, because of COVID. Yeah, it... it it hasn't happened in, in so long that I was a bit shocked to see it happen today. Like when when I got that news and, and it came across my phone, I got that press release via email. I was kind of surprised because it's just it's been so long since that's happened in the NHL. We've seen a couple of cancellations. That's been due to weather, whatever the case may be. Um, it it kind of brought everything again back into perspective. And I think throughout this season, we've had those moments where as things continue to progress and move in the right direction, there still are these little benchmarks that remind you of where we're at and what this team, what this league is playing through this season. Uh, do you think it was punishment from the hockey gods? Uh, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna. You know, like go you know on, where I'm going with this? Yeah, no. Like, I'm not gonna go on a broadcast and, and be like, "Yeah, this is this is karma or whatever." But you know, I mean, the fact that the, a broadcaster from Boston went yeah. on the air and yeah. uh, called the Buffalo Sabers a, a dumpster fire, yeah, uh, it's, during the course of a broadcast, and then you turn around the next day and the team from the the broadcaster uh, and that team are in COVID protocol. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it pays to be a good human. Like, just just live your life as a good human. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I can't believe you just called him a bad human. Come on, <laughs> come on. You can't call him a bad human. I didn't say he, he just was a makes ba bad decisions. No, no. I didn't I say think you called him a bad I human. I don't think I Ryan. A, did. I didn't say he was a bad human. I just said, hey, listen, it pays to be a good human. <laughs> Passing no judgment here. Just live your uh, life as Jack a good Edwards human. From, Jack Edwards from Nesson uh, did that yesterday. It introduced the Boston Bruins game. Uh, you're the, facing you're the, one the going dumpster on and fire. On about it. I was not happy about it. I thought yeah, it's 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 a I thought terrible it thing to say. Joey Decord had taken over for the Ottawa Senators in goal, and had uh, played multiple games in a row. Was uh, was won his first National Hockey League game and was doing a nice little job. He played uh, those five games in a row, but he got hurt last night. Weird injury. Uh, he was doing a like a push across the net and and slumped down. And here's the weird, and then was was prone on the ice. Yeah. He's out, by the way, for the rest of the year with oh. a lower body injury. 
But he does one of those. Do you guys familiar with the uh, reverse VH move yes. in, in goaltending? So yes. just uh, I, I don't want to get too technical, but it's one of these moves where you're you're pushed up against the post and you're in a butterfly position. And he was pushing across the net, and he he obviously hurt his looks like a knee really badly. So he lies down in the crease, and and what happens is the pucks moved around, and. Uh, Vancouver was the opposition there last night. Vancouver gets the puck at the point, and nobody sees that he's down. And the big clapper comes in. Oh, <laughs> and, no. Yeah, yeah and, and, and he stops it because he's wow. lying down. And then he covers up the puck and gets the face off. He's a battler, man. Yeah. Like, I I loved his, his post-game interview after winning his first NHL game. And I, I'm not surprised by what you just said. He's a battler. Good for him. Here's the Pierre Dorian quote on Joey Decord. I don't want to put a timeline on it, but there's wow. a good chance the timeline that I was given, it looks like it's mostly likely the season. Huh. I don't want to put a timeline on it. So let me do that anyway. But I'm going to put a timeline on it, and I'm going to make it the worst possible uh, thing. That's uh, amazing. Don't know uh, whether... Uh, Matt Murray's going to be able to step in. Uh, Holberg uh, has done, uh, he was he was great in relief, but yeah, it's uh, more challenges, more challenges across the board. Sean Burke was on the ice today with the Montreal Canadiens goaltending at yeah. practice today. Yeah. First nice. time that he's been on the ice since they made the goaltending coach change from uh, Jimmy Waite over to Sean Burke. He had to serve uh, his quarantine. And he's on the ice, so it'll be interesting. And and by the way, yep. since Stefan, sorry, Stefan Wade, did I say Jimmy Wade? Uh, you Stephan did. Stefan Wade. Uh, Stefan Wade. Uh, they're brothers, both goalies, both goalie coaches. Uh, uh, since uh, Stefan Wade was let go, and they'd done a lot of work together right before he was let go. Uh, Carey Price has been really good. So Sean Burke, what does Sean Burke do as he gets into it with his two goaltenders? in Jake Allen and Carey Price. With Carey Price on a roll, does he say, just continue to do your thing and we'll tweak if we hit a flat spot? Or do you try and put your principles into effect? I, I wouldn't reinvent the wheel here. If Carey Price has found something and is playing well, I think you uh, allow him to continue to do what he's doing. And then as time allows, you start to tweak and implement what it is you're trying to do. Because you gotta do something, and that's why they made the change. Otherwise I mean, what if what if just making the change is what helped carry price? Like what if just the understanding that there is a change of scenery coming is something that alleviated uh, I don't know if it's pressure, I don't know if it's just expectations i'm not sure mm. what but if carry price is seemingly on a roll since just the the announcement maybe that's all he needed maybe uh, what do you consider week to week uh when the, when the pittsburgh penguins call malkin week to week uh three to five yeah so tanner pearson of the uh, the vancouver canucks out at least four weeks with lower oh. body don't we have a lot of these Right now, yeah. where people are out four, five, six weeks. Yes. Is it or is it just me? No, no, no. We do. We. I mean, we've got essentially a lot of players out for the remainder of the season. 
But like no and timeline on it or anything. There's seven weeks to go in the season. <laughs> when you start going, yeah, like seven and two days yeah. left in the season, you start going week to week or four weeks, that really puts you in a bind for where things are going to go. Oh, and uh, the Anaheim Ducks, mm -hmm. uh, you reminded me uh, with a couple of uh, huge uh, debuts and then uh, performances. This Jamie Drysdale uh, yes. scored a goal uh, yes. and uh, and they're getting some production out of their, their kids. And Trevor Zegers scoring mm -hmm. his first career NHL goal and it happened in the same game, though Jamie Drysdale has bragging rights. He was able to do it in his first NHL game took Trevor Zegers a little bit of time, but took Zegers a, a little bit, which is kind of surprising because he was uh, so uh, so good in the American Hockey League. Yeah, I know he was fantastic. Um, I'm not worried about Trevor Zegers, though. I do have one for you. All right, I do have one for you? Really? Yeah. If <laughs> this is fun, if the Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs. And Thatcher Demko continues to be Bubble Demko. Does Thatcher Demko get some consideration for the Hart Trophy? Uh, Hart Trophy, no. Vesna, yes. Uh, and uh, I can tell you this from my friends at In Goal Magazine and Kevin Woodley, the goalie guru. We recorded our podcast last night. Yeah. And he has some new analytics. I don't usually bring that stuff to this show because I think it's really inside baseball. Uh, and it's unless you're <laughs> hip deep into it, it's yeah. kind of hard to, to follow. But there's this uh, saves above and or goals to saved above replacement, all that kind of stuff. Essentially, it's it's yeah. really yeah, it's a it's a really goofy stat. But it's supposed to be <laughs> hot, uh, it's supposed to tell you who's the better goaltender beyond yeah. just save percentage and goals against average. Sure, it's it's supposed to di like really dial it in. Right, right. now. The number one player in the National Hockey League in that goaltending stat mm -hmm. is Marc-Andre Fleury. Not surprised. Number two is Thatcher Demko off his recent run, and then it's Andre Vasilevsky. Wow. So interesting that that number one stat. No, I'm still an eye test person yeah. when it comes to that. The general yeah. managers vote in the Vesna. They're for sure an eye test uh, angle. But when you look at the, the number that the goaltending world uses to really tell you who's been great and who's might be getting by on different blue lines and different systems, uh, it is Marc-Andre Fleury, Thatcher Demko, and Andre Vasilevsky. Here's a fun little stat for you, going okay. back to the Rangers. The Washington Capitals, through 40 minutes, have 11 shots on goal. Five by defensemen, none from Alexander Ovechkin or Nicholas Backstrom. I've always said Chris Knobloch, if he was good for one thing, he knew how to shut down Alexander Ovechkin. There it is. I've, I've, I, like, how long have I been saying it on this show that uh, somebody's got to give Chris Knobloch a shot because he can shut down the opposition superstars? Since Didn't right allow now. any goals against the Philadelphia Chapman. Flyers, and right now he's ten. Goals four zero against in the you've national. Been saying, you've been saying it for at least a full minute. A uh, full? Did I talk for a full minute there? People will find that hard to believe that no, I would talk won't. for a full minute. No, they won't. <laughs> they'll be. They'll find it hard to believe it was only a full I got, minute. I got a tweet the other day. I'm enjoying the show, but that Millard sure likes to talk. <laughs> I mean. <laughs>
makes sense <laughs> considering your career choice. Yeah, it's talk sports talk radio. It, it happens. Uh, that is your one-timers for this Friday, March. Coming up next, catching up with Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Second time in a week, the Vegas Golden Knights have a player placed on the COVID list ahead of a game. Marc-Andre Fleury was cleared just in time to be able to suit up last Friday and face the St. Louis Blues. William Carlson was placed on the COVID list this afternoon. No word on if it's uh, due to exposure or a positive test or what the cause of being placed on that list is. Uh, at this point, as we talk uh, late in hour number two of the BGK Insider Show on Friday, uh, he is re on that COVID list and would not be eligible to play, but uh, there is time uh, to go before uh, opening face-off in Los Angeles for the first of two against the Kings. Uh, first visit of the year to Staples Center. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman as we uh, bring in the man back at uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas for catching up with Chapman. Yeah, this guy has gotten a lot of love on our show the last couple of weeks. Uh, we talked about him yesterday. I believe it was last week we talked about one of the great moments in sports history. But Pete Weber, the bowler, oh yeah, oh yeah. he he announced his retirement recently no. from the PBA, which is Boo. the Professional Bowlers Association. Boo. It was an emotional uh, event, and uh, he gave us maybe his second great greatest quote in doing so. By the way, he bowled; it was the tenth frame. He went strike, and then he picked up the spare. Uh, his quote it's was. Fitting. That's very fitting. Hate me or love me, you watched. That's all you can do. Thank you. So the guy who was apparently nicknamed the Ric Flair of the PBA, yeah. Pete Weber, he uh, he's no more. He retired from the Professional Bowlers Association tour. And uh, unfortunately, not a lot of fans in attendance for him to trash talk. But uh, I guess there's a documentary about this guy somewhere on ESPN. I, I did not know that. But uh 30 for 30. Yeah, yeah, the bad boy of bowling. So I'm going to have to try uh, to find that. And uh, So is he the villain of, uh, of his sport? Yes, yes. Okay. He, he, well, vi villains are hugely important in sports. I think Bryson you need them. Bryson DeChambeau right now is it would be considered uh, a villain in golf. It gets me going on a Sunday. And I you're, not a, you're not a fan? Uh, no. Uh, and and it's it's hugely important to, to get people engaged and watch and you, you you need villains in any sport or any drama on TV. It's it's what what, what brings you in, and, and sports is the best reality TV now you how, can get. How does someone become a villain on, on the PGA Tour? Like what, How does what, somebody become a villain in bowling? Well, he's a is. trash talker, right? I mean, it's yeah. a little bit different, right? Like golfers, there's all golf. that etiquette and, and all that stuff. So, like, I'm curious how Bryson DeChambeau became well, the villain. Well, he's changed the game. He's absolutely changed the the way you approach the game. So that how makes him a villain? Wow. How dare you be good? Yeah, he, how, how he, dare you drive made, the ball 500 yards? Court. Yeah, well, basically, yes. And, how dare and you he's, go he's and taken some, some uh, yeah. questionable drops. He's challenged rules officials at times. Uh, he has a very unique approach to the game with his iron play. He's like basically a mad scientist. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's nothing wrong with him. I just... I'd rather I cheer for Lee Westwood. I think you hate fun. I think that's what it is. You just hate fun. Fun sponge. Fun sponge. I okay. Bryson DeChambeau is not a fun. Like he's not Ricky Fowler. So don't don't be going there. Pete Pete Weber's fun, and I feel yeah, like we great. shortchanged him. Who do you think you are? I am. Thanks I am for too. listening. 
Vegas Golden Knights and Los Angeles Kings getting ready for the first of two this weekend on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Have